Do you ever just feel like you have it all together? You feel like you're dialed on the climb in life and relationships, and then something hits you, and you know that you're feeling vulnerable. You know that you've got to overcome this situation, and that might also come in climbing or relationships. For me, it really came out in this story that we're about to play for you guys from the Raven Narratives uh, when I talk about my battles with depression, with uh, suicidal thoughts, and all of a sudden those feelings came bubbling up again. This is the Dirtbag State of Mind podcast from the climbing zine. I am Luke Mihal, and I am your host for this adventure, this new adventure. This is actually our very first episode, and it's a, a bit of a teaser. I'm going to be reading from American Climber throughout this podcast. We're going to be hearing from characters in the book, and we're also going to be analyzing it a little bit. For this first episode, we're going to be hearing the story that I read at the Raven Narratives. It's a storytelling event here in Durango, very moth-like, very uh, raw. I feel really good on stage. I feel really comfortable telling my stories after doing this for so long. And when I had to tell this story, it really made me feel emotions that I hadn't felt in a long time. And I actually uh, wanted to back out of it, uh, which is amazing because I just, I really love being on stage. It's some of my best moments in life are presenting, reading poems, and there's nothing more in the moment for me than when I'm on the stage and I'm feeling an interaction with the audience and I'm feeling the love. Some of those things are the themes that I've going to be talking about in American Climber, um, how climbing was a tool for me to overcome a lot of my demons, but um, these things never go away. We always got to kind of continually face our fear, especially as climbers. A couple things before we really dive in. Right now, the best way to support the climbing zine is to subscribe to it, and you can do so at our website, and you can also do so at our Instagram page at the link in our bio. Or you can just uh, get on the Google Tron and type in uh, Climbing Zine Store. And that's the best way to support us. Pick up a book, pick up some merch, pick up a subscription to the zine. We'll know that uh, you're showing us the love and we know that you're there supporting us. It it really is is quite affordable to subscribe to the Climbing Zine too. And you can keep your eyes out for coupon codes and discount codes and uh, special offers that we do as well. So without further ado, here is the story from the Raven Narratives. I want to thank Tom Yoder and Sarah Severson for uh, letting me share this. You can also find more stories from the Raven Narratives on their podcast. And uh, here is the story, and I hope everyone enjoys it. Thank you for listening. So I was going to start this by saying there's two things you need to know about me, that I am a writer and a climber, but Sarah ruined that. (laughs) Um, So I actually do a lot of public speaking and um, a lot of events and uh, different things for my book, and um, the classic non-climber question for me is how do you manage that fear? That fear from heights, that innate fear that we are scared of being off the ground and climbers call it exposure. 
And my reply to that is that I am more scared of sitting on a couch than I am 2,000 feet of exposure beneath me. And I think this next part um, is going to help explain that. Um, I tried to back out of this actually yesterday. I was <laughs> totally freaking out about it. I do a ton of public speaking, but I never, I never talk about this, this part of my life um, openly. So when I was 20 years old, I was, uh, had a six-month period when I was depressed and suicidal. And I didn't tell anyone about it until my parents. I was living in their basement at the time, um, depressed. And uh, a lot of people who have these suicidal thoughts, um, they make impulsive decisions. Um, sometimes they shoot themselves in the head. And uh, what I did was I decided to take off in my car and uh, leave a trail of notes to my parents um, explaining uh, my state of mind. And um, for basically about a month, I traveled the United States from the East Coast to the West Coast, being depressed and um, seeing America really for the first time. And um, the closest I really came to dying was falling asleep at the wheel. I fell, to, fell asleep at the wheel about four times and woke, woke up by those bumps on the side of the road. And by the grace of God, um, I ended up in this place called Gunnison, Colorado. And it was the most beautiful place I had seen in my entire life. And um, I got into climbing there. I got into climbing outdoors. I had started indoor climbing when I lived in Illinois. And I totally fell in love with climbing. And climbing gave me that exact opposite feeling of when I was stuck in my parents' basement and being super depressed and just like every day is like, I don't, I don't want to live. So as a climber, you decide to go to all these places. And I decided um, for my first big summer trip, I would go to Devil's Tower in Wyoming. And it's a weird name for a place that's so beautiful and so sacred. And the most common name I've heard before the white man named it Devil's Tower was Bear's Lodge, which makes sense because it's this 800 foot cylinder. And the, the ancient story is that a bear clawed his way into these cracks. And there's these perfect cracks running 800 feet up this, uh, this rock. So I'm, it's the last day of our trip and I'm climbing um, I'm climbing a route on Devil's Tower, and it's a perfect hand crack. And basically, a hand crack means you're jamming your hand into it, and you're going up, move after move. And I was about 150 feet into this thing, and it was like the hardest thing I'd done in my entire life. And it felt so good. Like, every move was just this primal instinct to hang on and, like, get up this climb. And I got to the belay ledge. And I had the most feel amazing feeling I'd had in my entire life, and I still ever had. Um, I looked out, and I, uh, I looked at the Wyoming plains, and I looked at the blue sky, and I smelled those pine trees, and I just felt the most alive I'd ever felt, and I started crying. And um, my partner, my mentor, had led me on uh, a lot of climbs out from Illinois and then all the way out to the west. And uh, he's coming up, and he's coming up, and I'm belaying the rope. And uh, I'm just ready to explode with this poetic prose in my head, like, you don't understand how awesome it is to be alive. You don't understand what I went through and the redemption and everything. And he, get up, he gets up there, and I'm just about to explode. And he goes, God damn it. He's like, my feet hurt so fucking bad. <laughs> And he takes his shoes off, and the worst smell you could possibly imagine in the world comes up. So I'm getting into climbing, and I'm reading, climbing is this salvation for me 
married with the most uncomfortable, worst emotions, or worst smells, emotions, uncomfortable. It's this perfect marriage of whenever things get too good with climbing, some sort of suffering and some sort of epic comes in. And then climbing saved my life, and then climbing tried to kill me. The first time climbing tried to kill me was in Devil's Kitchen in the Colorado National Monument near Grand Junction. And uh, I was climbing uh, another hand crack, except this hand crack um, turned out into a roof. So I'm climbing the hand crack, I'm climbing the hand crack, and I'm going into the roof, and I'm so pumped I can't place protection. And if I would have been a smart climber, I would have down climbed back to my protection, weighted the protection, and kind of assessed things, but I was still a young climber. And uh, I'm climbing up into this roof, more and more, and no protection, and I fall. And in an instant, the rope was behind my leg. It flipped me upside down, and I fell 35 feet. And I was hanging about three feet above the ground, and I was looking my belayer in the eye upside down. And I cried. And I hugged my belayer. And then four months later, climbing tried to kill me again. We had driven all the way out from Gunnison, Colorado, with four dudes in a two-person uh, purple Ford truck. And uh, instead of, you know, rash, you know, we were eating junk food and we're traveling and we're smoking dope and all these things that, you know, young kids do. And instead of deciding to rest and like scope things out, we decided to get on a climb. It was about a 1400 foot route and it was pretty chill. We got passed by some hippie dude who was like shirtless and barefoot and without a rope. <laughs> Seriously. And so... The most dangerous part of climbing is the rappelling. So after this casual 1,400-foot route or whatever, you have to rappel 1,400 feet. And I really had to poop about 600 feet uh, from the ground. So I'm 600 feet from the ground. I see this fixed rope, and I'm just like, I'm going to go down this fixed rope because I really had to poop. And if I would have been an experienced climber, I would have taken care of the poop in a proper way. But I was not an experienced climber. I get on this fixed rope, and I'm rappelling, and I'm rappelling and I rappel off the end of the rope. And I'm in a chimney, and my feet are against the chimney, and my back is against the chimney. I didn't fall an inch. 99.9% .9 of climbers die when they rappel off the rope 600 feet off the ground. And I just grabbed the rope right away, and I just had to make an action. And that's the same thing that happened when I fell and cried, I got right back on the rock. That was my only instinct. So I can make a lot more sense out of when I was depressed and not wanting to live. You know, I needed exercise, I needed positive things in my life, I needed to get the hell out of the Midwest. <laughs> but I still have never been able to make sense of why when I was feeling so alive, that I almost died so many times. And the only really conclusion I can come to is that the instinct is to just get right back on and right back at it.
hope you all enjoyed that story. That is the first episode ever of the Dirtbag State of Mind podcast from the Climbing Zine. On the next episode, episode two, we're going to start diving into the book, American Climber. I'm going to, you know, kind of talk about and analyze some of the book. It goes through what was the hardest part of my life when I was 20 and severely suffering from depression and having suicidal thoughts and just having a real, real rough time at life. That's kind of where the book starts. We're just going to dive into that and really explore just honesty on those subjects. Soon enough, the book climbs out of that, both literally and figuratively. Big uh, shout out to Chad Rich, our producer. Chad and I have been in this game a while together and he's helped me he's had his uh, kind of fingerprints on everything I've ever put out into the audio world but there's definitely been about a 10-year hiatus so it's really cool that we're linking up again for the dirtbag state of mind podcast I'm Luke Mehal. if you want to support us please go ahead and check out our website check out our Instagram at the link in our bio and subscribe you'll be supporting the climbing zine and we are the world's creative climbing publication and we're out of durango colorado thanks for listening